0: Oh my gosh. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of MGC. I know what you're thinking, what a long episode and you're right. This one is huge, but it was so worth it. Today I speak to my friend Beshoy who deserves every minute of his airtime and he's worth so many more of these long episodes. We go from talking about his migration process as a child and what his family went through and how they migrated one month before 9 11 and what that meant for his family we talk about refugee crises around the entire world and how humans value each other differently and how they sometimes see each other as objects instead of people we talk about america and with all its flaws it's still one of the greatest places on earth to live we get into racism, BLM, and he teaches me his perspectives on many of these topics, which I needed desperately, as you'll be able to tell through this podcast. We talk about that and so much more. We even get into aliens at the end somehow. Guys, this is it. This was a wonderful podcast, but is such an articulate and valuable human being, and I need to share him with you. I'm going to have him on so many more times in the future because he and I barely got into everything we wanted to talk about. There, There's so much more. And Bashroy is worth hundred more episodes. So, guys, please enjoy this episode. And you have, if you have the stamina to get through to the end, then Bashroy and I will meet you there. Those of you that don't, no one fucking knows, but maybe like one or two or few few people know that you were supposed to be my first yeah. guest. Yeah, in so much shit, hit the fan. I know. I um, know. thank God, my friend Sasha, who's wonderful, she was able to be the first guest. Um, she's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I listened to uh, yeah, or I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, actually. It was great.
0: The, the only thing is that like, obviously, we had to do it on Zoom, but it's still great. Well, you know, if she's ever in town, I'm gonna have her do it again. Yeah. But um, you know, God bless her. Thank God, she was she was ready to do it. She was so excited, so supportive. But you were supposed to be my first. I, mean, I was like, I was talking to Amanda. I was like, listen, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get Bashoy to be the first guest because we love him so much, Um, and it's it's not even like like you were just saying like what's what are you gonna say about me for the intro? It's like this is Bashoy. It's like, but no, there's so many interesting things about you that I want to have you on for. No, seriously, (laughs) um, I know we were talking about this previously before about um, that you know you growing up in Egypt and you know you migrating. Like I don't hear anybody unless like I'm reading an article or listening to somebody else talk about a story they heard. I, n- I never get to hear somebody's experience. That's something I find interesting you and, uh, about you. And then the reason why we're friends, other than, you know, Amanda introducing us, is that we went hiking. And, like, that was your thing. It was like, we're going yeah. hiking. We got to make sure we let Beshoy know. <laughs> so, like, your your life involving that and, and involving the outdoors and hiking. And then you were also an Uber and Lyft driver. For, yeah, mainly uh, Lyft, honestly. Less, but for yeah. a long... That's a f- that's a fucking book in and of itself. Like oh, that's man. something I want to know. And yeah. then obviously, uh, um, the uh, 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 don't say the name. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll leave it out. I'll leave yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to know about that. Okay. Um, fuck yeah, man. Yours. That's the thing. So when you came in here today, or when you were getting ready over the last like five weeks, like oh yeah, I, we haven't been able to do this yet, but we're getting there. What did you What did you think it was gonna be like? I mean, like we're just. This is awesome. I just want
1: to talk to you yeah, for sure, right. I, I, and I want to talk to you too, man. Because I feel like, like we always have great conversations, and like I feel like we've always just been able to like effortlessly connect, and mm-hmm. like I, <laughs> it's like we were both saying when we were in the car earlier, and yeah. before we like came here, like we had a whole. We had
0: so much to talk episodes about. Episodes worth of content <laughs> that yeah. we could we should have recorded. We honestly. should have just just like yeah. it'd be like my my iPhone recording it and it's like in my pocket. That would be the podcast. Yeah. It, it was like the content was so good. And that's the thing, right? It's uh, and I always talk about this with the other people I talk about it with Bella. I talked about it with CJ that I find people or like organically, and we just we connect. And that's the point of the show, right? Is right. you know finding people that you really connect with. And random people, strangers, people you know forever, it doesn't matter. It's great. I fucking love that. Um, When I first met you, though, like, I just, you, <laughs> it's not that we had, like, a connect, we, like, spoke a lot, but, like, you were so, like, because cons- you didn't know who I was. You were like, I hope Mark doesn't, because we went hiking the first time we hung out. We went, we went hiking with my girlfriend. And I was a wild man. Like I would be (laughs) climbing trees and rocks and you're like, this kid's gonna hurt himself. Yeah. Like so you were so like caring, you know? (laughs) Like
1: this is like man, this he's gonna die. And (laughs) I think it was like Glen too. It was. Like so many people have gotten hurt. Oh my gosh, yeah. Died. They actually that's what they closed the trail. Are they reopening it? No, it's still closed, but like people have been going on it anyway. I yeah. kind of want to, yeah, but hell yeah. But it's then it's like
0: the risk of getting in trouble. Yeah, because
1: they've been actually like nabbing people for trespassing. But I think they start to give up a little bit because just people just yeah keep. Doing it's one it of the anyway. best places. It really is. It's a beautiful hike.
0: Oh, what was the other place we went to where Timmy and I went swimming?
1: Um, that was Schooley's Mountain. That
0: was a lot of fun. That was great. That was refreshing water, man.
1: Yeah, I only found that one recently too. Oh, that was great. Uh, well, my friend actually is the one who uh showed it to me, but yeah.
0: You know what's so cool? Uh, one of the videos I made, I think was of Mount Tamney, this uh, South Korean guy commented s- thanking me for showing him, like, America, basically. Wow. I was like, oh, that's really fucking awesome. does that make you feel good inside? Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I
1: got six views, but at least one of them a South yeah. Korean man that's really grateful. That's awesome. But at the same time, it's also like, mm, wait till you see the rest of America before yeah, you thank Yeah. <laughs> before you <him." laughs> <laughs> thank <laughs> me.
0: Um, it's crazy, too, because I know, like, I've never been to Japan, but like Japan's beautiful, especially when it comes to like uh yeah. their nature and stuff. Like what's that what's I know it's like depressing. What's that forest in Japan? The suicide forest. Yeah, what's the name of it? I don't I don't know. Because it's huge. It's incredible. And like the mountain in the middle of it, yeah. it's like someone was someone it's like it was like it's like a fucking picture. Someone painted a picture. Yeah. It's like, let's make this real. I,
1: I really love old growth forests where oh, yeah. you know like running out of those. Yeah. Um there's a place uh, can't remember the name off the top. It's uh, it's in like western Pennsylvania. Um I'll have to look it up and get back to you. But like it's these big old trees and it's a mix of like, you know, deciduous and pine trees and yeah. like the ground is soft. There's good amount of space between the trees, not a lot of underbrush. Mm-hmm. It just feels like really peaceful and serene. Like I yeah. love those are my favorite kinds of They're forests. Great. Where They're you don't great. have to like worry about like brush, you know what I mean? Um but yeah i i i've always wanted to visit japan too like i really like the vibe of it because it feels like it's kind of locked in time like if you look at the architecture hmm. and the buildings it, it's got that very like like it, it's almost got like a 50s or 60s vibe to it you think it. so really yeah like like you know like like whenever you watch like an anime or even like look at pictures of japan and yeah in real life like the buildings are like old but not ancient. Well, like, I feel
0: like that's a lot of the eastern world. Yeah
1: it's got that like it's like a very clean country but at the same time like the buildings and the and the just the whole atmosphere is very like distressed and like you know like everything's made out of like tot like there's tile work and um lots of, like everything's very like 90 degree angles and mm-hmm. like it just it just has that like trapped-in-time feel, but while also having, like, some of the most modern
0: technologies.
1: It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's almost got, like, a cyberpunk I know feel You, mean. To you it. know what's
0: also really cool about Japan is that, like, although, not only are they super respectful there, but, like, they're such nerds, like, they're, like, youth, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, they, they love, like, like, all the comic books, they love all the video games, and, like, they're so open about it and comfortable with just, like, yeah. liking whatever they like. That's so cool. As yeah. far as I know, though, I'm, like, I could be so wrong. There could be like, portions of Japan that are like, bro, it's not like that. Yeah. But what I've seen, it looks really awesome.
1: And the, and they, I, I like, too, like, just from a cultural perspective, they have a coll- very collective culture. Like, it's all about, you know, like, the greater good of yeah. their whole society and their fellow man. And, like, I, I, I mean, that goes back, like, oh yeah centuries, you know, probably for a v- very long time. But I think, like, Really clean too. In a weird way, like, the bombings, you know, in World War II only, like, reinforced that and made that stronger, which is interesting because if you think about, like, where we are in America, we kind of had the opposite where, you know, America's always been more of an individualistic culture, but, mm. like, 9-11, like, yeah, it brought people together initially.
0: It's like a week. Yeah. No, okay. I shouldn't say that. I wasn't. Uh, really well, yeah. Like then. a few months, right? Yeah. And then
1: other stuff happened, you know. But um, ultimately, it ended up kind of driving us further apart and making us more individualistic. Mm. You know, it, it's more everybody's suspicious of each other. Everybody's out for themselves, and you know, and it it kind of was like laid the groundwork for the polarization that we see today. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: I'm I remember my uh you know, like being in elementary school and my teachers telling me about like 9 eleven and how it brought everyone together. But then it's like it got so far to where it's like we've been in this war or technical war for like twenty years now. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, Jesus Christ, like what are we what do yeah. we I don't know. I don't, like that's something I can't even get into because like I'm not well versed in it. I don't yeah. want to say something wrong, but it, it's it's crazy. But then yeah, like with Japan, um yeah, they're really like unified. You know, yeah. as f- from the outside looking in anyway, um, and they're really clean, which I have a lot of respect for. I'm mean, like, they're, they are concerned about the people around them so much. Like their public bathrooms are probably cleaner than your personal bathroom. It's, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so cool, man. Yeah. um, I don't know if it's true though, but like I heard that, this is going to sound awful, but like they, they don't like immigrants to like a, like a huge, huge point. Like people call them like xenophobes and stuff. I don't know if that's true though.
1: I mean, you could really say that about anywhere if you think about it. You can say that here. Well, yeah. You know, like it. Like, I, I think it depends where you go and where you are and who you're talking to. Like, I mean, England and a lot of Western Europe right now. They
0: oh, xenophobia
1: is like really becoming a yeah. bigger issue because of the refugee crisis. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And yeah, then oh my here, gosh, like right. with what we're dealing with in America, you know, you're seeing that too, where you know, like New Jersey. Very diverse. I, you know, we don't really see that, but you know, you go to other parts of the country and it's like a whole other country. You know, so yeah. it's, it's I, like I wouldn't, like I would say, I'm sure it's an issue, but it's like with anything else, like you can't really just look at one part of it and attribute it to the whole. You know?
0: Oh, absolutely. Whenever you generalize anything, you're 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 wrong. You're immediately wrong about whether it's a group of people or a culture or you know. Anything. If you generalize, if you say one thing is true yeah. about the entire thing,
1: you're wrong. You don't listen I mean, to that person. That's a pretty general statement. You're oh, you that. son of! A, <laughs> I knew you were thinking about
0: some when I was coming up. Yeah, well, go fuck yourself. Look, um, yeah, you actually reminded me about like the whole, uh, you know, European like thing with the refugees in England. There's like I know there's a lot of things going on in America right now. Obviously, like there goes a lot of things going on in the world, but there's like the big problem like with the relationship between native Englanders and uh like Muslim refugees, like there's yep. like a huge divide there yep. and I don't know really much about it. I just know that there's a lot of hostility. So it's scary because it's like the planet's only so big and it's like, we were talking about this before is that like your goal as a human being is, you know, to be loved, but it's like to get to that point to be loved, you got to be able to, to survive first. And it's like people, are trying their best to make themselves better, make their lives better. whether yeah. that's migrating, getting a better job, getting an education it's yeah. like I gotta I gotta go somewhere and then people just hate you so it's it's scary because the population is getting bigger bigger and people's like uh, tolerance is getting lower. so it's like it's freaky you know
1: so yeah. I, that's an interesting way to put it. I, I didn't really like think about it from the population aspect but yeah, like when you have a growing population, and a shrinking amount of tolerance that is kind of like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and isn't
0: you it? can't really blame anyone for having lower tolerance, at, you know?
1: It's fear. I mean, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that, you know, recently, it's that, like, fear really, whether it's on a personal level, political, ideological, religious, whatever, fear can really override the brain and cause people to agree with or tolerate things that they n- normally wouldn't tolerate that would go against their values or their moral compass, mm-hmm. whether it's something that they see happening or something they partake in themselves, you know, and it's just sad to see that because, you know, like social media has only made that worse as well as like the way stuff is covered in the media today where it's all fear based, you know, and, and both sides use fear, you know, and, In their mind, it's like, you know, everybody's the hero of their own story, right? Like, so in their mind, they mean well. They're like, hey, you know, this is a scary thing. We need to make you aware that, you know, this is scary, that this is happening. But what they're not realizing is when you inform from a position of fear like that, you're not really thinking straight or being your best. And all of a sudden, things that would have been incomprehensible or unacceptable... You know, all of a sudden you're like, you know what? Well, these are these are very extenuating circumstances. You know, these are scary times we're in. So maybe maybe we should allow this to happen. Maybe we should allow, you know, these greater restrictions or, yeah. you know, taking away of freedoms or more mass surveillance or like y- anything. Yeah, you it's know?
0: a huge rabbit hole where you're getting right. into. Like I that's yeah. all anyone's really talking about. Yeah,
1: it's like on the you know, like on the left, fear is kind of allowing them to tolerate the taking away of some personal liberties like, you know, the right to privacy and expansion of the government and surveillance. And on the right, fear is leading them to want to, you know, um, impose a different set of restrictions. Well, yeah, restrictions so of people, you know, coming 100. into the country or, you know, things like that. And But like, I think, you know, if we're ever going to move past this, we have to stop thinking from a place of fear, and and always try to remember to humanize the issue. Like you know, it, it, like you know, let's talk about immigration because okay, right, yeah. that's very personal to my experience. And we were talking about a little bit earlier off air. Um, my family and I came here exactly thirty days before nine eleven, and <laughs> you know, to put it lightly, and you know, I don't, I don't mean any <laughs> disrespect or anything. Yeah, Yeah. But, like, 9-11 really did change the whole vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It really honestly did, you know? Because, like, I I remember watching movies as a kid in Egypt, like Home Alone and Baby's Day Out. Wow. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) America. America. You know, this is cool. And then, like, I remember stepping off the plane, going to Jersey City, where we lived initially, and it felt like the America I saw in the movies. Like, I felt the vibe of those 90s films that I'd watched as a kid. yeah. And then 9/11 happened, and all of a sudden everything got really scary, really quick. All of a sudden, you know, my family didn't know if we were going to be able to stay because we were on, you know, temporary visas, and our plan was to, uh, like, apply for a green card. Like that's what a lot of immigrants would do. They would yeah. they'd come here on temporary visas, extend them for you know as much as they can, and usually by the time they applied for their green card and got it, like they'd be fine. But then when 9/11 happened. Everything was on lockdown. You couldn't renew your visa. You couldn't apply for it. You couldn't get a green card. You couldn't do anything. You know, my family had just got here. My dad was here for probably like six months or so before he told my mom and, you know, to bring us all over. And, uh, but you know, we didn't have time to do anything before 9-11 happened. So, like, we were faced with a choice. You know, do we stay? and try our luck, or do we go back when the visas expire and hopefully when things settle down, we can give it another shot? And that was the question that a lot of immigrants had to, you know, grapple with. And my family, like many families, we chose to overstay our visas. We became undocumented. And we ended up being undocumented for like 10 years, Jesus, almost wow. 11. Yeah, That's and, a long time. And But here's the crazy thing, right? And And I'm going to tie this back to like what I was saying before about humanizing the issue. And and that goes with anything, not just immigration, right? So the Bush administration, as I understand it, I could be wrong on this, but my understanding of the situation was they started cracking down on overstayed visas and illegal immigration. Um, But then they also said, hey, if you report yourself, if you turn yourself in, we'll give you a fair immigration trial and hear out your case. But if you don't do that and we catch you, It's an automatic deportation. So my dad, at the time, he made the choice to, you know, report ourselves, turn ourselves in. He basically chose to trust the system during a time where it was a little bit more trustworthy. Not that it ever really was. Well, Um, every system has its flaws. Right. But it was nothing it, it wasn't like it is now. And and I'll and I'll explain why. So my dad, you know, turns us, we, we turn ourselves in. He says to the immigration officials, hey, we're a family, you know, so put us all together on this case because we're either going to stay together or we're going to leave together. And you know what the immigration officials said to him? They said, no, your wife and children are safe. They can stay here. Nobody's going to come after them because this is America. We don't do that here. But we do have to do a case for you. Wow. So think about that, right? If... A Republican administration, and don't get me wrong, this is not, I'm not trying to sing praise for, you know, the Bush administration or anything like that. Uh I'm just talking about my own personal experience, which I'm very lucky. Like my family was very lucky. So many things had to line up in exactly the right way at the right time for us to be able to stay in this country. And I'll get into that a little bit more. But, you know, the fact that a Republican administration, on the heels of a major unprecedented terrorist attack, where if there was any excuse for them to start doing some really messed up shit from an immigration policy standpoint, that would, be that would have been it, right? Yeah. But the fact that they chose to try, you know, even if even if it wasn't good enough, even if my family's experience was just pure luck, the fact that at least the intention or, or the effort was there for them to try to find a way to both enforce immigration policy, but try to stick to American values while doing it by saying we're not going to go after the That's incredible.
0: Like, I'm getting the chills. Like, that's <laughs> actually really inspiring, kind of. But it's, like, fucked and not fucked at the same time.
1: Yeah. But it goes to show, like, compare then to now because if, it, like I said, if a Republican administration could find it in themselves to do that at that time, you know, when they would have had every excuse to rationalize handling things a lot worse – then there's no excuse for the way we're handling immigration today. I feel like
0: also it might have been, you your father might have gotten or your family at least might have got really lucky with the person that was dealing with you too. So I feel like there could have been another agent that said you're all leaving or you all get to stay in the same case. Like I feel like you it was also the individual yeah, that might. that's have very
1: like, true. That's very true. And you know what? Like I, I, I do have to acknowledge that you know, like it's like I said before, you can't use a, a small part to rationalize the whole. The whole they call know? that group attribution error, right? It's the same way that people look at, you know, the most extreme parts of the right or the most extreme parts of the left, and they say, this is the entire party. Oh, so stupid. So stupid. Or they they say, like, you know, if one person does something messed up in the name of, you know, this religion, then it must represent the whole religion. So stupid. I can't can't stand that. I can't stand that. You you really just, yeah, you really have to, like, kind of maintain your perspective and remember that, you know, you can't. I think
0: we're individuals, so it's like treat us as individuals, right?
1: Right. But you know, with my family's experience, that was what the immigration officials said, and so it was really just my dad who was had the trial, and even back then the system was so slow that the court case just oh, yeah. kept getting delayed, right? And my dad's immigration lawyer he was not good, <laughs> like like this is another thing, right? So they actually like I don't know. I think it was his lawyer who actually said to him, like, just apply for asylum. It's the easiest way to to get in, which is not true, by the way. But um, my dad said no because he said, you know, I'm not going to lie. My, if we go back to Egypt, we wouldn't be in danger at that time. Yeah. Later on, it actually did become that way. But um, my dad basically was given bad advice by the lawyer who was supposed to represent him, and then by other people. They were like, hey. You know, you're not an American citizen, uh, citizen. Then you don't have to pay American taxes. And my dad said, "No, it's my duty to pay these taxes since I live here." And he kept records of everything. Who said it to him. Uh, I think it was like friends or something. Okay, but yeah. the point is, my dad, because you know, he'd done business in America. He he'd gotten around the world. He 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 knew how things worked here, right? Yeah. So he knew that when he got bad advice, even though it was coming from an authority figure like a lawyer who should know, you know, whether or not what he's saying is correct or reasonable. Mm -hmm. Or people who already live in this country who are now telling him, you know, hey, you don't have to pay American taxes since you're not an American citizen. Like he knew not to listen to that. Now think about how many immigrants and immigrant families that are so desperate they come here. And a lawyer tells them something that would really make things a lot worse for them. Or they have friends that have lived in this country for a while giving them bad advice that would have ultimately screwed them over. Like, how many immigrants don't have that same knowledge that my dad did? Yeah. You know? So, like, that was another thing that had to line up. You know? And so, like I was saying, like, the court case kept getting delayed over and over again. We were really struggling financially, because um, my dad, you know, he couldn't renew his work authorization, so I had to work. He had to work under the table. My mom never got her work authorization, and she was taking care of myself and my younger brothers. So, like, we we were basically in survival mode for Are like you a good. You have? I have two younger brothers. Two younger brother. Yeah, um, okay. we were basically in survival mode for you know like ten years, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that really kind of like will break the family dynamic, you know. You don't have time to bond. You don't have time to, you know, spend time together because dad's always working, you know. Yeah, people always
0: talk about whether or not it's, it's even possible to obtain anymore, but people always talk about, like, the American dream, but no one talks about what you need to do to obtain that dream, you know. And even yeah. just in any country, if if you're coming from a low place and you're trying to get to a high place, it's not going to be fun on the way there, no, you know. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's something a lot of people don't don't realize.
1: Yeah, and and you know, like the American dream, like I think it still exists, but the odds are definitely not in your favor, you know, and and they never were by design. Yeah, that's why they you know they call it the American dream, because it was it's supposed to be like an underdog story. I think
0: the American dream's transcended. It's not it's not just an American thing anymore. I think you can obtain the American dream, in in, like, any country, the, the idea is migrating for a better life. Because yeah. back then, sure, the American dream, and, like, only in America can you do these things. It's not the case anymore. Right. So It's more of a human dream it's, now. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's the human, the human dream. dream, but it's it's it sounds cool saying the American dream, but I don't think it just pertains to America yeah. anymore. Right.
1: Well, you know, America, I think, as a country and a culture, we've always been more self-possessed. Yeah. So, you know, oh, everything, America's the number one country in the world. It's not. I mean, don't get me wrong. It depends
0: on what category you're talking about, honestly. And, like, I
1: I love this country. It's it's home for me. But I think, like, this goes back to patriotism versus nationalism, right? Nationalism is blind love and support for your country and your government. But that's not how things get better. Patriotism is acknowledging exactly exactly yeah, acknowledging America's flaws because you want it to be better because you love so the country.
0: Yeah. When people say, Oh, if you don't like the president or if you don't like the way the schools are run or you don't then leave the country or I'm like, that's not, no, patriotic. that's, I love the country. I'm yeah. going to see what I can do to make it a better place. Is it a better place in my eyes? Of course. Cause I'm going to support what I believe is, is right. But that's cause I love the country. I'm yeah. going to do what I think is, is right. right. Me leaving it. Isn't, isn't loving the country. Yeah. The reason why I'm arguing with you, the reason why I have a problem is because I care, yeah. not because I don't. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, I think, like, a lot of people don't realize this, that a lot of American patriotism comes from immigrants. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because the thing is, when you have, you know, this melting pot, you know, like we do here, what that means is, all the best ideas and subcultures from around the world have a place here mm-hmm. you can take all you know all the greatest minds all the greatest ideas all the you know greatest norm cultural norms and things, like they have a home here so you can kind of get the best from all over the world and kind of put it all in one place. And that's why America has been such a country of, you know, strong innovation and creativity up until more recently because of everything that's been going on. But, you know, like all the greatest American invention, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of America's greatest inventions and innovations were made by immigrants, you know, because when you have people from all over the world that think in different ways and have different views and perspectives yeah. coming together to exchange those ideas, that's when you get, like, the most creativity and innovation. And and that's something that really does make this country great because, yes, other countries have it. You know, like, pretty much the entire Western world is more becoming more and more diverse, but America was where that, like, America was really where that started, and, and we have it the strongest. We have probably the most diverse population of all the western countries. You know, to yeah, this day. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean like even like was like Russia was like we don't need more immigrants we, we need more Russians. Um which I could understand why Putin would say that. It's like we're not looking for to take in all the sick. We want to make our people strong. I understand absolutely, but I think the America thing is that something that we don't understand and we're not really accepting it anymore. Is that when we say we want more Americans, that kind of means we want more immigrants it because we're a is. nation of immigrants. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like back then, even like uh, like sixty years ago, it's like immigrate like when you migrate to America. There was so much in the palm of your hand that you can grab now. There, there's not as much opportunity as there, as there were back then and not because, like, the system has gotten harder, which it has, but not because the system has gotten harder, but because there's less to go around. Right. So it's even like when uh, if a family from, like, Mexico comes to the United States, like, if they're legally here and they're, like, um, going to sc- their kids going to school they're, uh, and the mother and father, they're working, it's like there's still not as much opportunity to go around as there used to be because there's more people. You know, there, there's more things we need to worry about.
1: There's more people and also just like, you know, education's getting more expensive. Yeah. And yeah. Housing, oh everything. Everything's gotten more expensive. It's more
0: expensive and the quality hasn't gotten up. Gotten right. Up. So it's like. Yeah. and And I feel, I actually kind of feel bad for people migrating to America and not getting what they want because, you know, it's like when you were a kid, you said that like home alone and. Baby's day out and like this is America and you got that for a little bit yeah and then shit hit the fan. I feel bad when uh, all the TV shows and movies and you know talk about how amazing America is and it's an amazing place, but uh, it kind it kind of lies about how easy it is, you know you know what I mean. So it's like when I see a um, you know a migrant child coming in, uh, it's it's great for it's it's great and but then I look at their parents and they're working so hard it's amazing That's beautiful for them but it's like they're working so hard and like how much how hard they have to work to make sure their child is going to get uh, you know a fair chance yeah. and then there's a there's chance it's like goes into like you know if you're if you're born rich if you're born poor it's like how much should the go- government help you it, it, it the rabbit hole is deep um it's just not what it used to be it's not what it used to be and not yeah. that I would know I'm f- fucking 23 <laughs> but um i know back then you know coming to america that was the, that. was a big deal. You were going to make something of yourself, and most people yeah. usually did. Um, and now it's like you, you don't move somewhere. You just got to figure it out where you are, yeah. and I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, at the same time, right, like there's a reason the Statue of Liberty, uh, it says on it, you know, give me your tired, your poor, yeah. your hungry. Oh, what a great, huh Because, uh-huh. you know, yeah, yeah, I love that. I, that's always really, like, stuck with me because, you know, if you think about it, like, what do you do when you're tired? What do you do when you're poor? What do you do when you're hungry? Like, those are all conditions that we as humans are always striving to get out of. Yeah. You know, and that's, and again, like, people who grow up, you know, having to face those struggles often come out of it being more innovative and creative and adaptable than somebody who's had everything handed to them. And that's, again, like, ironically, part of what makes America a great place to be is because, you know, well, it's always been a place, you know, of struggle, but there wasn't, you know,
0: yeah, you had to get over your, you were able to get out of that. Like the odds
1: weren't so stacked against you that, you know, well, actually I shouldn't even say that because, you know, like for African Americans, they really (laughs) have not been dealt a fair hand at all. You know, like, like the, I think the one, you know, one big difference to acknowledge is, you know, you come here as an immigrant, right? It doesn't matter where you're from. And the idea was, if you work hard, you can get yourself out of that tired, poor, and hungry state, and there won't be somebody with an iron fist waiting for you to almost reach where you need to be and then just pummel you back down, right? That's how it used to be, except for black people, right? For black people, it's, you know like I, I learned about you know um, black wall street you know and the and the and the bombing in you know i'm unfamiliar of uh, i think it was oklahoma yeah so like there was an area that was in the south known as black wall street where it was like for the first time black people were really really thriving and it was destroyed they just they destroyed like what,
0: why is it it's called black Wa- wall black street. wall
1: street because it, it was an it was an area that where black people, like, were very... Like, it was a large black population, and they had finally started to amass, like, wealth and okay, success. All right, yeah, yeah, And it was taken away from them, you know? Because...
0: Uh, and, and go on with the stricts, why? Um, I, I don't...
1: I, I don't know, like, all the exact details off the top of my head, because mm-hmm. it's been a while since I, you know... No worries. Um, you read about this, but... Uh, I learned about it earlier this year, but basically it was you know cuz of like racism you know like it yeah. was like they they were basically i mean we should probably actually just look it up i, don't, I really don't yeah, it, well but I mean, is, I want to butcher it but the point is yeah that. yeah but the point is like they were finally starting to thrive and had this area and then somebody was waiting for them with an iron fist and tore them right back down right and that's always i think that's always been unfortunately, like, the experience for black people and for some immigrants. But now it's gotten worse. Now it's doesn't matter, you know, um, where you came from. So, okay, so
0: it says that um, basically what you said uh, the first time about, like, how they created a prosperous business distri- district. Um, and then it says, and this is... Um, the Tulsa Race Massacre, known alternatively yeah. as the Tulsa Race Riot, the Greenwood Massacre, the Black Wall Street Massacre, the Tulsa uh, pogrom, or Tulsa Massacre, took place on May 31st and June and June 1st, so I guess open, yeah, um, 1921, when mobs of white residents, many of them deputized and given weapons by city officials, attacked mm-hmm. black residents, and then it's dot 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 goes on. Um, so that's another thing. It's like, that's crazy though, right? Yeah. Cause I wonder, cause you, cause what you're saying is true in many places and false in many places. Just like when a white person says, um, you know, there is or isn't racism there. It's true in some places and false in some places. And it's like, you can't deny, like there's, there's just like actual video recording. I don't know. I, was it Reagan? I don't find out, But there was a president talking about, um what was the uh it was somebody in the nixon it was administration. like the crack epidemic yeah. where it's like oh no le- that wasn't nixon then, where it's like yeah. let's do it like on purpose and like the, with the marijuana let's yeah tar- single out
1: black people. Like, there's an actual video of him yeah, saying no, that you uh, yeah, can watch like it that was nixon it was the war on, drugs. War on was, drugs yeah the war on drugs was basically for the purpose of suppressing the civil yeah. rights movement and the anti-war movement because in the eyes of those people, that administration, who were the people that did those drugs?
0: Yeah, well, so hold on, let me hippies, so, yeah, hippies and African Americans. Uh, so, but what I was gonna say is that there is truth in racism in the system, and there's truth of non-racism in the system. Just like there's proof proof of racism in society, and there's proof of non-racism in society. And it's gonna sound weird for me explaining it this way, but there's technically there's kind of a a balance. Not that there should be a balance. There sh- should be one way. Where are you going with this? There should be one way. But I'm saying that. Like we talk about generalization, yeah. it's like yes, there's racism in every facet of you know American society, um, but it's hard to find out where exactly it's all coming from because not everyone in each place right. is that
1: way. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, you know, like when you talk about society, you are kind of by design generalizing. You're 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 speaking based on what a society is. You're speaking about the overall picture. Like you can find. You know, like you said, like New Jersey being one, like New Jersey, you can go all over it and people are very nice and kind and caring and diverse and, you know, you won't have an experience with racism. But then you go to other parts of New Jersey yeah, and you will. Yeah, you will. But what's the overall vibe? Well, you know what yeah, I mean? I mean, like
0: there's and there's racism on both sides. I'm like, you know, I went to a community college for three years and I'm not I'm not on anyone's side. But I took an African American history class mm-hmm. and um I was actually a great class, one of my favorite professors from that school, a history teacher. Um but I remember leaving that classroom and walking to the cafeteria and and i I'm gonna open up this more, so give me a second. But I remember walking to the cafeteria, then a group of I think three or four black people talking about how they want to kill all white people. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, like what the hell's going on? But then I know that there's white people usually not so publicly usually on like forums and like Instagram and Facebook and like you know Reddit they they that's where they get most racist so and, like there's racism on both sides and it's it's just it's just it's 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 fucked up because you know when you come here and like we talk about immigration it's like seeking a better life it's like and as time goes on even though yes there was more I, c- I can't even say this confidently but Let's just say there's more racism back then. It's like now it's like it's so hidden. You don't know when you're safe. You don't know if, if it's okay. You don't know if you're good. So you come over here seeking a better life, whether you're um from, you know, Europe, from Africa whether, or from Asia. You come over here expecting to be, you know, accepted and, and no one and you're not, you know. Right. And then there's also like the thing with like college and like getting loans and how like, you know, Women get a certain amount of like uh, scholarships. Men get a certain amount, um, and then of different uh, colored skins, uh, whether it's white, black, you know, yellow, uh, purple, brown, whatever. <laughs> you, you, they all get certain like they ever, everyone gets a certain amount of attention, and then it goes into like, well, is that racist? Um, and then it goes like, is affirmative action racist? Like, no one knows how to fix it. Like, it's so confusing. It's there's so much going on, but yeah racism is obviously wrong you know
1: well i, I want to sorry go ahead no and
0: i was talking to adam you know like i was yeah we were talking about how you can trace back all of racism to to slavery i mean like if you wanted to yeah you could sit down and trace it all back so it has a root so black people they've they've given they have been given a bad stick or stick i don't know what the phrase is but um delta bad hands you could say that too right yeah um but now it's like the back to the tolerance thing,' it's like I'm not saying it's right, but then it's like no one there's a lot of like racist people. they're like, how much more are we gonna give to the black man? It's like, bro, but bro, bro, all this stuff has happened. It's like we, we have we're trying to find a way to make everybody happy, but then there's racist like you, and there's people that think they deserve something. Based based on their skin that you know it just
1: well. I mean, I want to I want to take a step back. Yeah, a bit go ahead. So, I mean, yes, you can say you know there's racism on both sides and whatnot, but I think it all comes back to what I said before about fear, right? Like, so when you hear somebody, you know, a black person or any other minority, you know, say, "Oh, I hate all white people," or yeah, I you know, or we should, you know, kill all white people or, or anything like that. And I've, I've heard of where's, the Where's where's that usually, too? like, odds are, and I'm not saying this justifies it by any means, but it's just something to, s- to think about because I think it's important to make distinctions. You know, even if, even if the conclusion's ultimately the same, you know, like, when it comes to complicated issues like this, you can't really speak without getting into the nuances of it, right? So, like, when you hear somebody say that, Where is it coming from? Odds are, it's, I mean, I think all racism is based out of fear, right? Because it's fear of things you don't understand. Yeah, I could agree with that. Fear that, you know, this person is going to take away my ability to thrive and prosper. Yeah, no, I totally understand what you're saying. the The biggest lie that's been sold in this country, and this transcends race, the biggest lie is that poor people, other poor people, are the reason why you're poor. Yeah, that w- what the hell is that, that right? That has been a yeah. lie sold from the top to us people at the bottom. Other poor people are the reason why you're poor. And that actually goes back to emancipation. Do you think
0: you be- could explain in your own words, it's going to be hard, do you think you could explain why that would even sound logically correct? Why, why saying poor people are the reason why other people are poor?
1: Well, that's just—it's it's a scapegoat, right? Uh-huh. Like that—that that, because what would what happened was, you know, when when slavery was over in America, you basically had all these people who now have to basically start from scratch. They had no money to their name, they had no, you know, uh, legacy that they can continue, no wealth. They had to really start from zero, right? the most part, yeah. Right. And then meanwhile, you also had a lot of poor white people who just never were able to break out of their situation and, and, and never achieved that upward mobility. And those now people... like, more
0: competition. Right.
1: Well, it's not that there was more competition. It's that those people had more in common with each other. You know, a poor black person and a poor white person had more in common with each other than a poor white person and a rich white person. Obviously, there were significant, you know, differences as well. But overall, they had more in common with each other. Yeah, of course. And historically speaking, what happens when all the poor folk band together? The People at the top don't stay at the top for very long. Mm -hmm. So how do you stop that? Yeah, you make enemies of them. You divide and conquer. So this message was pushed out that, hey, you may be poor, you may be white, but at least you're white. Yeah, And that message was what really where, I guess you could say, modern racism in America really took hold. It's, you know, hey, you know, I I think there was a quote somewhere, you you know, you probably look it up. It was somebody saying that, like, as long as we can convince that the lowest of white men was better than the richest of black men, then... Like, we didn't have anything to worry about or something. I know I'm butchering it. But that, but you get the gist, right? Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, but the point is, you know, it all comes back to fear. It's that fear of, well, like, like you kind of accidentally touched on it yourself. You said, oh, well, now there's all this competition. Why? Why is there this competition? You know, is it because, oh, there's not enough jobs? Like, like that's another great thing to tie it back to immigration. Like, it always fascinated me how... The narrative could be, "Oh, these immigrants are coming to America and taking all our jobs, uh-huh. right?" But then, on the other hand, "Oh, these immigrants are coming here and they're being lazy and they're living off welfare." <laughs> which which is it? Yeah, you know. And well, I mean,
0: like, it's, I mean, like, even for like actual like citizens born here, it's the same thing right. too. It's like you're either taking a job or you're lazy. It's both. Like we're human beings.
1: But but and then also it's it's like oh, you know, um, I don't know why I'm doing this voice. <laughs> 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 um, it, it, I lost my train of thought. But it's this idea that... Um, it's the stupid voice. God, it got to you. I know, it really did. Give me a moment. Um, I'll give you a moment.
0: Yeah, no, but I know what you're saying about with everything. You're very articulate. It, and it's another thing, too. And I know you're thinking, so I, I'm I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. So, um, But it's it's hard to grasp your head around the entire thing because there's so much involved in it. Yeah. And, and you can't help but say something incorrect no matter how hard you try. Like something you're going to say is like, oh, you, did, you didn't fact check that. Oh, you weren't sure. And I know you're being very careful. Like, oh, look that up, look that up, look that up. Um, but it's scary talking about this stuff too because like, especially, you know, because I, I, between the two of us, yeah, you've lived closer to a life of all that than I have. Um, is because, um, you know, I was born here. Um, I, w- I, I was grew up in the suburbs, like, right. So like, and that's why I found interesting talking to you is because, you know, you've lived a life that I've never lived and never will live. And then you have, you know, knowledge or at least the, um, you can relate or understand a little bit easier about what other people have been through because you're closer to it than I am. So he, although with a lot of the things you're saying, although it's not firsthand, many of the things you are saying is our firsthand. Being things that aren't firsthand, it's better hearing come from you than for me to try to figure it out on my own.
1: I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I think to be fair, like the fact that you even have that fear, or any of us have that fear of, oh, what if I say something wrong? It comes back to that polarization and the fact that, like, we're just we're being a lot harder on each other than we should be because, like, I know obviously you mean well, and you know I mean well, and Far if I say something up. incorrect. You know, or yeah. you say something incorrect, like, I'm not going to come after you. I'm not going to try to cancel you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I think this, you know, the whole idea of cancel culture, like... So stupid, man. I mean... It's like, I want to learn. Please it's a, talk to me. It's you know? an overcorrection, is what it is, right? Like, there's validity to it. There are people who should be canceled. There's, there's people that... Yeah, there's there's people that are being you know, vicious. Like, the Harvey Weinsteins of the world, you know, like, all those messed yeah, that's up... That's ridiculous. Like, those are the people, yes, absolutely. Like, there is validity to it. However... I think there's you know it's like the pendulum is swinging right but it kind of it's overcorrecting right now. So it's it's almost like we as a society discovered this new tool, right? This shiny new way to enact some kind of justice that yeah. wasn't there before. But and I think it's a very human thing when you get something new, you want to use it all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, to a, to a to a hammer, everything's a nail kind of thing, you know, and we just got a brand new hammer, the ban hammer. So we're going to use it a lot of, you know, a lot of times in in ways, you know, but we're going to use it in ways where it's justified and we should have, you know, but then also there's still that human temptation to be like, well, you know, I want to, I want to use this new power, this new tool that I didn't have before, even in situations where it's not necessarily inappropriate to do so, you know, but, um, I remember what I was going to say before. The other thing was how, like, this whole idea of, oh, immigrants are coming here and taking all the jobs. But then, meanwhile, there's also this narrative of there's not enough people going into trade school. And f- there's, there's yeah. you know, we have such a shortage of plumbers and electricians and, and you know, tradespeople in this country. So, again, how can both be true? How can there be a lack of jobs you know, how can immigrants be coming here and taking all your jobs, but then they're also lazy and unproductive and mooching off welfare, and there's also too many jobs and not enough people to fill them, just not the jobs you want? Is that it? Like, it's, yeah. again, all of it's noise just and meant like said, to... it's fear. Right. right? It's, it's like, fear-based, and it's just meant to drive us away instead of banding together and calling for a higher standard of living, you know? Um, yeah. But, you know, like... So my point is, t- when you hear, you know, a, like you said, when you're in sou- down south and you heard some black people say, oh, you know, we should kill all white people or whatever, that was probably from fear, too. And Oh, this is actually in New Jersey. Oh, in New Jersey. Well, all right. You said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my community right. college before I went to university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that was probably a fear thing, too, because maybe, you know, they were afraid of the things that. They've seen white people do, or even white people in oh, their absolutely. own personal
0: lives. I didn't for a second think that they didn't have a reason to feel right. that way. That I think it was probably not a good idea to say that out loud in the middle of campus.
1: Yes. But, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but what's interesting is you know it's like how much of that fear is founded versus unfounded. Yeah. Right. So like if a white person is racist towards another race it's because they're afraid but why are they afraid and is that fear founded and and i think when it comes to you know a black person or a minority being afraid of a white person there's uh, there's often valid reasons for them to have that fear because y- you know you look and see all the things that have been done to black people and minorities in this country yeah. goes, versus yeah. white people so and again i'm not i'm not trying to justify racism on any level but I think there's a distinction to make in that the kind of things you hear that sound racist coming from one side are not equivalent to the kind of racism that you hear that's based in pure bigotry or hatred or false fear. You're going to have to give me an example on that one. So like I said, you know like if a minority or a black person has, you know, racial views okay. against a white person. Odds are, it's because they're afraid because they've seen or experienced so, yeah. all like things that white people. Let have me done. let me
0: say maybe you can. I'm going to say what I think you're you're saying So okay. I know I know I know what you mean. Because, like when I when I was taking that class, right, and we talked about you know all the horrible things that have happened. It's obviously like, obviously like um, at least black Americans because I I can't speak for you know. Black uh, cultures in any other country because I, I don't know anything about them. But black Americans, they're like, this is how we've been treated here over the last uh, bicentennial, you know? So it's like, where this is how we feel. So we see what our parents have gone through, we see what our grandparents have gone right. through. We obviously have a real fear of what has happened. And even if it doesn't happen anymore, we're being taught that this is what happened. It could and, happen and, and, again. And, and, and so we're just like, this is this our culture is fear, is being afraid of white people. And although the last like, what, 40 years? When was the... 40 years when segregation ended? Not that it's perfect now, but...
1: I think it's more like 60 now. Is it 60? What
0: what, happened in the 60... Oh, my gosh. What years? Crazy, (laughs) right? Jesus Christ. 1960s, and now... Whatever. The point is, they actually have something that's, like, physical. Whereas, like, oh, the white people... As far as uh, you know, this kind of racism goes, it's like the fears with immigration. It's like you're coming over here and, and you're stealing stuff from us. We had it this way, and now we have to change. Is it that? Ki- is it is that kind of what you mean when we have a, a racist white person feeling like they're being robbed of something they had before because now they have to share it? Is is that kind of what you're
1: saying? Right, but then the the question is are they, is there a validity to that fear? Is there a validity to the fear of, oh my God, these immigrants are coming and taking our jobs when in reality they're not, you know, but they've been made to perceive that way. So, versus, you know, the black person who's afraid of white people because of, you know, like hate crimes and, and mass shootings and like and now the- historically the things that have gone on. But, I mean, at the same time, here's another, again... Because there's no right answer to this, right? That's th- that's the big problem. This is a big issue, and like I, if I sound like I know what the fuck I'm talking about, like forgive I mean, me because like, I do There's two don't. sides to every paper, too. Because it's not even there's two sides. There's a bunch of sides. Yeah, you know, well, there's I mean, like, so many different perspectives. But like, so like, you know, if you look at it, I guess what I'm saying is there's a. It's interesting to me that something like racism. Which more and more people have been kind of trying to paint as this comes from hate. This comes from bigotry. And and that's true. There are definitely people that are just hateful people. Right? Yeah. And, absolutely. and their racism is based on hate. Yeah, by, but the, I way, by think the way, real quick,
0: before, just so people know, like when I say a racist black person, when I say a racist white person, I am, and neither are you, are in no way generalizing that entire race. We're talking about individual right, hateful, right, right. P- evil yeah. people.
1: Well, again, but th- this is again. There, here's to even bring more nuance to it, right? How much of the racism that we see today comes from hate versus fear? That's that. I think that's what I've been trying to get to. S- Can you say. try to exp- so open that up? Yeah. So, you know, there's racism based in just pure hatred, right? Which could have even started from fear, but then evolved into just hatred in its own self-sustaining way, right? Where no matter... It's kind of like being
0: raised to believe it. Right. And and
1: now it's just self-sustaining. Like, there's nothing you can do to, you know, unravel that racism. But I think the more... And those are, like, the extreme racists, Uh right? Those are, like, the hardcore, too far gone, nothing you do or say is going to change their views kind of racism. But I think we're starting to see in this country and all over Europe as well, like almost, I mean, I almost want to call it like this racism light where it's racism in that it is, you know, perverse views or attitudes towards a race that's different than yours, but it's not a racism that's based on hatred for that race. It's based on fear and fear of that race. And and there could be validity to it, or there might not be. So like even, you know, like even to to kind of flip it on its head, right? After 9/11, people who you normally wouldn't think of as racist or even view themselves as racist started being a little more racist. You know, they, they started because they were afraid, right? They were attacked by these people with different color skin from yeah. the Middle East. Yeah. But that kind of racism, I think is it's easier to come back from. It's easier to ad- address yes. and uh, I know what you're saying. Rehabilitate, you know, because if you can address that person's fear, you'll address their racism. Because I know what you're
0: saying because right now, present day, I, I believe that's, I'm. I don't have the statistics for me, but not like anyone taking a poll for this, but. More race, there's more racists today on every side than there were like five years ago because of everything going on. Like right. what I've noticed with like something like Black Lives Matter, is that within every group there's going to be male factors, which means within every group there's going to be an unfit member that ruins it for everyone. You could have this amazing, you know, peaceful protests and they're holding up signs and they're handing out flyers and they're giving interviews um, about Black Lives Matter. And then it takes one guy. White or black, that supports Black Lives Matter to, you know, throw a bottle. And then people in, a, in two states over hear about the chaos because that's what sells. I get what you're saying. That's what sells, the chaos. And they're like, all oh, these these black people doing all this. It's like, but that's not what happened. That's not what happened. So people are becoming more racist because they think, because there's, there's all that's being shared. They think about all the chaos that's going on. From, you know, Black Lives Matter. Like, I'm on, you know what iFunny is? The forbidden app no one's allowed to talk about. It. It's a big joke. But um, it's a meme app. Yeah. And it's, I don't want to say it's super racist on there, but it's very conservative. And um, and they talk about how they see, like, I, I read the comments and everything. And you not know, on Instagram and, like, Reddit and stuff, people talk about how more people, even their loved ones, are becoming more racist. Right. Because of What's going on with, you know, white supremacists, with Black Lives Matter, even though it's not true. As far as I know, and I'm, I'd like to believe, I'm not racist, right? And as far as I know, and I'd like to believe, my black, Asian, you know, Mexican friends aren't racist. But I wouldn't doubt them hating me, and I wouldn't doubt any of us becoming hostile because of the way the world's making us feel towards each other. Like you said before, the way to control the poor people is make them think that they are their own enemies. Right. And I feel like that's what's happening. so there's no real like we have no reason to hate each other, but the way the stories are going, the way things are being perceived, we are we all hate each other. That's what it's supposed to be you know.
1: Well again, so then it comes like it kind of comes back to what I was saying is are they really racist? Like let let's That's what you're saying. That's what let's boil down like let's go back to the old school definition of racism. Right which go, is go for it. pure yeah. and simple it is the belief that your race is superior. superior to another's or that this race is inferior to yours. And it is driven by hatred, right? Yes. I think more people are afraid than they are racist. Yeah. yeah That's absolutely. what I'm trying to get. I don't yeah.
0: 100%. I don't think you, anyone really thinks that their race is superior. Cause I, don't, I think people are, are understand it's just fucking skin color, but I do think, yes, they are f- afraid. Right. I, Absolutely.
1: And, and to what you said about, you know, Black Lives Matter and all that. Because I remember you, you talked about this uh, with your first guest. Yeah. A little bit. Like, the thing about, and she brought up a really good point about, you know. Remind the, me. The, the, she said how, like, the problem with having one organized leadership is if, if that leader gets taken down, it, and it kind of mm-hmm. is a bit more damaging to the movement overall. Because, I mean, the thing is, like, Black Lives Matter isn't an organization. It's, it's an idea. Yeah. Right. It's simply the idea. Hey, these lives are being treated like they matter less than all lives. I understand. Right? I understand. And the thing, the thing to remember, right? Like, we, you got to remember that. Like, hindsight is <laughs> twenty twenty. So you know, we look back on like the civil rights movement, right, in the nineteen sixties, and we think of Martin Luther King as like the face of that movement. The Malcolm X too. And well, exactly right.
0: I, I I think I told Sasha I wrote like. Uh, like an 8,000 page paper about uh Black Lives Matter and the Civil Rights Movement.
1: 8,000 page or words? Words. Did I say page? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, what no. do you write in the Odyssey? <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and I I talked about, I compared the two and why some aspects of them are good, some aspects are bad, and why it didn't work, and why it didn't work. And um, I know what you're saying, when it's like, or what Sasha was saying, how having one leader could be a bad thing. And I think what I meant well, I mean, I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, no. Um, I think what it meant is that, like, yeah, the Black Lives Matter was just the idea. It was just, like, a statement that is true. I think it would be amazing. But I think we're getting into a problem where there's a lot of people that think they are righteous. They should lead this Black Lives Matter. Who? See, and that's the thing. Whenever I'm, no, I don't really watch the news, but whenever I'm watching YouTube, whenever I'm on any kind of social media, I see or um, whenever I'm reading news articles, whether right. it's from, and I don't stick to one. Like, I'll watch from, like, Fox to CNN. Like, they're both, they are both hate each other. But, like, you gotta read all the sources. right? And I and there's people that, you know, they'll, they'll speak at, like, you know, at the podiums and the people that, like, organize a uh, Black Lives Matter in, like, Kentucky. People that organize Black Lives Matter things in New Jersey. And it would all work, but there's a lot of people, like I said, male factors, people that are unfit members that, like, the people I met at OCC or didn't meet but, you know, listen right. to while they were walking around. Some people want destruction of whites. Some want the destruction of blacks. Some want destruction of police. Some want to build the police. Like, I think Black Lives Matter would work if, and this is where I think I messed up. I think Black Lives Matter would work if there was, like, an idea of, a, of like, exactly what, what to do. Not that that's an easy thing to answer. I think that's the problem because no one really knows what Black Lives Matter is, you know. <laughs> I mean, again, I
1: I think everything you're saying, and I'm lost. Like, I, I'm no, not no, saying no. this. I'm not saying I, this as this right. is it. No, no, like, no, no. I shouldn't. I, I feel like I shouldn't be lost. Right. Like, someone and, tell and me. And look, I'm not. I'm not a spokesperson on <laughs> any of this stuff yeah. either. Like, we're just two people kind of exchanging ideas here. But like, the thing is, everything you're describing about like, oh, you know, this would work if it was this way. Like, I'm. confident the same exact stuff was said about the civil rights movement in the 60s by people during that time. Because you got to remember, like, having the benefit of hindsight and being able to look back on history, it looks a lot more organized because now it's in the written, it's in the written, like, historical record, right? But... You had the Black Panther Party, right? The more extremist, yeah. right? Oh, you had, right? You and had Malcolm X. Malcolm X. You had Martin Luther King. You had Rosa Parks. You had all these different, and you know we see them as one now because it's entered into the ri- you know, written record. Or we even see it as two sides of the same, like the yin and yang. You know, Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King. I guess I'm,
0: I'm not even, yeah. I'm, I'm more upset that we can't figure it out than I'm saying that there it's not there. Because you're right. Like there's so like looking back at it, it's easy to be like like hindsight people said. have said the same thing yeah you know, i'm sure they said
1: the same thing they'd be like Absolutely. oh the civil rights movement would work if, if they only if
0: they had a message like, right you're 100 right i
1: but we they do have a message they do have a message it's as simple as black lives matter Black Lives, <laughs> you know of <laughs> that course that is the message you and know I, I, anything else yeah. of that is just noise you know and the people that get self-possessed and use that message to try to create a following of their own you know how you deal with those people Ignore the fuck out of them. Yeah, I think that that's the thing because cause then uh, stick to the message. Yeah,
0: that's that's, a, th- that's probably like, that's like the problem, right? It's that like uh, the, the, all the noise, because, and you're one hundred percent right. And not like I, not that I haven't even thought about this, but so yeah, looking at looking back at it, uh, the civil rights, it's like. It's easy to know what the goal was because it's all written down. You're able to see, oh, okay, this is what they did, and they got it, and this is what they got out of it. Beautiful, hell yes. Right. And, then, and then trying to compare that to something that's happening in the moment—it's what a mess. Um, it's it's not it's not it's, unre- it's it's irresponsible to be like, oh, but the the civil rights movement was like this. Why do you gotta be like that? Because it's a new world and it's happening before your eyes. So yeah, I I'm just upset. I'm not saying that it is one way or, is, or isn't. I'm just upset that I can't figure out, or we can't figure out, you know exactly what to do about it, you know, and that there's not one straight movement, like what not one straight path towards what we need to do. And there never right. is. There never will be. It's just. Well, it's I don't know. it's
1: you know what it's because it's like a ball of yarn, right? It, and you can try to there's so many angles to it, and you could try to pull on the thread from one side, and then maybe you can pull at it a little bit before it. doesn't have any more pull or any more give but then in doing so you might have released a thread on the other side that now you can start pulling like that's kind of i think like the best way to visualize these kinds of issues it's that there there's not gonna there's not a secret string there's not a secret thread where if you just find that one string and pull on that the whole thing will unravel it's more like a series of let me pull on it from this side. Oh, this loosened this other side. Now I can pull on it from here, and slowly but surely, over time, you can then unthread the whole thing. But there's there's no there's no trick to it. There's no shortcuts, right? And but I think you know, for us to see that clearly, we have to start talking about these issues with nuance and distinction again. Because again, I think that a lot of the racism that we see today is based on fear and not on necessarily pure, un- 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 unadulterated hatred. Because the ones that are racist purely out of that ha- hatred, yeah. those are the ones you're never going to reach, right? But the ones that are only racist or have racial yeah. ideas it's like fear and ignorance. It's is like- because of fear and ignorance. And those yeah. are things that can be corrected. 100. Can be addressed. And I think that's, that's the biggest problem, I think. And that's most, and I think that's most yes, of the racism most, we're seeing Yes, today. the
0: majority. Right. Well, I totally agree with you. But I totally agree with you.
1: that doesn't mean it's still not damaging because it is, right? Yeah. Race, like the effects of racism are the same, but it's not a hope. I don't think it's as hopeless as people are trying to make it seem, right? It, it There is hope. The hope is you address the underlying fears, which is why I think, you know, we're on the same page about both being Andrew Yang supporters is because
0: oh, I love Andrew a Yang. lot of his policies I love Andrew address Yang. those fears. <laughs> and yeah, me too. I, I I got an email from the thing while we were talking. I, yeah,
1: I, when I heard you read it, I'm like, I know that's a Yang. Email. Humanity forward. Yeah. I, I love them.
0: There was this email I got from humanity voters, like donate $10 and maybe win an interview with
1: Andrew Yang. I'm like, hell yeah. He-. I didn't end up doing it, oh, but it imagine been if you got him on. Yeah. I got him on that like 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. But, oh my um, gosh, it's so funny. But yeah, so like, you know, that's why I really think Andrew Yang has it right because his policies address those fears. If you're no longer afraid of how you're gonna put food on the table and how you're gonna be able to, you know Man, being the president's fucking hard. Yeah. Um, tell me about it. Tell you about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've 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 been doing it all my yeah, life. All your life. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Um but yeah, oh you know, gosh. I I think it's a it's a very big topic oh. and we could probably go on about it all day, but I wanna I guess I don't know how much time we have.
0: Bro, I don't give a shit. It's not like I've got producers telling me I've gotta True. stop at a certain time. <laughs> all right, that's fair. I, I mean, like we start we're technically at an hour in because we we, we talked a little bit before we, we right. started recording. Right. Or really starting.
1: Um Um I'm fine, man. Don't worry okay, about this. Don't even cool. look
0: at the time. I I'll put a sticky note on it. God damn it. No no it's fine. Are you sure? Um
1: I want to I want to just bring it back again cuz I Yeah, Lair, yeah. I didn't yeah. really I didn't really intend to make this about like I mean it's cool that it kind of got more philosophical but again I don't want to give the impression that I
0: I know I needed this because I don't have like obviously if for anyone that's listening and even you like you probably tell like I my life doesn't ro- like it doesn't revolve around this racism stuff because un- and it sounds awful but I don't have to deal with it on a daily basis and I obviously have my own problems like everybody else. Yeah. So yeah, I could do with a little bit of an education about it. I I think that was, I think it's pretty fucking important for me to know what's going on. I think it's important so, for
1: everyone. So to hear I'm learning every day. Yeah,
0: man. so to hear, you know, the things you're saying and obviously even when this is over, I'm going to take what you said, I'm going to think about it and I'm going yeah. to th- see where, you know, what I think I think it's important. I think it was important for me to to talk about this. I mean, like, at least at a personal level. Yeah. Because out of all my friends, I'm probably, like, I don't want to say the, the least educated about it because I'm really yeah. not. But I, I could stand to be a little bit more educated right. about it.
1: And you know what? Like, to to be fair, too, like, how did we even get on the subject, right? I was talking about Your immigration. immigration yeah. and I was talking about my personal story. And here's the thing. Because of the things I've been learning recently myself, I had to take a minute and s- because I was talking about the immigrant experience, right. About mm-hmm. how at least, if yeah, this was like a, uh, right. Right. Like, uh, let me how just... like at least if you were tired, poor That's and so hungry funny. that you could do this and America would, you know, wouldn't be waiting for you with an iron fist to crush you. And that, that was, you know, what I believed. But yeah. then because of the things I've seen this year, right. With the protests and learning more about, you know, black people's struggles in America, like that, allowed me to realize well wait a minute black people have always had the iron fist waiting for them you know and that's something i wasn't really aware of before myself even as an immigrant right because like that's why like i i personally i don't like the term people of color cuz first of all you just literally took it's a huge group of people right first of all like you're 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 literally taking all my these sister. different minorities and and cultures and balling them up into one singular yeah, entity so stupid. as if they all have the same struggles and issues. No, they don't. My struggles as an immigrant are not the same yeah. as the struggles like, of a black person. Like, my
0: sister is Italian. Like, we're all Italian. My sister looks adopted. Right. She would, if, if the term was people of color, my sister would be a person of color. But she's my, yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> and it's just, to me,
1: it's just weird, too, because it's like, it's like you took the word, the phrase colored people. Which is not an acceptable thing to say. Yeah. And he's just, f- oh, people of color. People of color. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and again, you're gen- going back to generalization. How are you going to generalize uh. the struggles of an Asian American, you know, where they have to face that pressure of being the model minority, right? And how much that sucks, to the struggles of, um, you know, somebody who's from the Middle East like me or, or a black person, or somebody who's a Native American. Like, how are you going to just lump us all together and say that we all go through the same yeah, thing? Yeah, you guys don't even, like, right. every, they don't have the
0: same values. Like, a, like, a, like a, uh, an Indian American doesn't have the same values as uh, an African American, you know? So it's like, don't lump us all together because we all, we all have right. different I, thoughts. I, I
1: honestly, like, I can't say this, like, definitively as if I know exactly where it came from, but I'm willing to bet money that the phrase people of color was invented by none other than white folk. Why? Because it just, it sounds like, like, think about it, right? Like, like... why, <laughs> why who are you, the people the way you preference that <laughs> as if like you were gonna win money <laughs>
0: like, what are you saying i mean i got a bunch of money right here oh but, yeah good um, go um like it all. think
1: about it like who are the people that are always trying to find new ways to be less offensive and to dance around these issues of race right well, th- yeah well because when you talk about fears like me as
0: a white person like i know i'm not listen fucking judge me all you want and i'll take it you know into consideration but I don't think I'm fucking racist. So, yeah, right. I'm fucking scared someone's going to think I'm racist because they're too ignorant to realize that I'm just trying to talk with them and understand right. what's going on. It's like if I feel like if I had this conversation with someone that's not you, they'd think I'm ignorant on purpose. Like I'm trying to not realize all this stuff. But no, I'm actually trying to learn. So, it's like, well, it's wait, scary. hold on, let's
1: unpack that for a second. Why do you think that?
0: Why do I, why do I think what?
1: That if you weren't talking to me and you were talking to someone else, that they would think that you were being willfully ignorant. Why, like, what makes you feel that way? Because, like, I'm not, I'm not a unique or special guy. Well, I, right? think, like, it's, I think it's easier because we're,
0: we're friends.
1: Right, to, but know, I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm 100% sure that if you talk to most people, right, whether they're Egyptian like me or, uh-huh. you know, a black friend or anything like that, or even a stranger on the street that seems approachable, they're not gonna. They're not gonna judge you like that. You're I think right. that's more of a I, perception I, thing.
0: You're right, and that's where the fear comes in, is because uh, the chance that I'm gonna come off incorrectly and before I could explain them myself, it's like if I if I meet if I'm with a friend or if I meet some person, yeah, like a pizzeria, I don't know them, and like we have a discussion, it's like we're waiting in line, we have a discussion, they're gonna leave before I get a chance to explain myself. It's like I'd rather just stay quiet, you know, because. I'm afraid that there's a chance that I might not be able right. to explain myself correctly. You
1: know what? That's making me think of. Remember what we were talking about earlier off air about vulnerability. Go fuck yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> no, okay, no, I, you're right. It's you're a right, vulnerability. Th- no, but, but that, I don't think that has to do with exactly what we were talking about. But at it the
1: time. does. Right? Not exactly. But it. But in a bigger sense, it does. Right? Because if you think about it, part of why that fear is growing. Bigger and bigger. So do and you
0: think that I should, or not even me? When I say I, mean the royal I Do you think you, not you, like the royal you? Do you think you should risk being seen as ignorant or offensive to try to better yourself, even though this risk might become catastrophic? Why will it become catastrophic? In the like the cancel culture thing. It's like if someone, even if you don't have like a following, it's like if if word gets around that you're racist or if you're like um a homophobe but you're not you're just learning you like people won't even hire you like people like well that's like in close-knit communities it's okay. like scary
1: i get what you're saying but here's the thing like you you are clearly not a racist or a homophobe thank you <laughs> i mean oh. let's just start there oh my but, god but but the thing no but think about it. like it's that fear of vulnerability right because and and it's not unfounded because, again, this goes back to what we were saying earlier about you know, cancel culture being a little bit of an overcorrection because we got this new tool. We I, I say we as I a society, know, royal you, a royal you, I royal we, <laughs> as yeah. a society. Not you know, I'm not speaking on behalf of any. Yes, right. Um, you know, we got this new tool as a society to start to write some of the injustices that were not being addressed. But we're overcorrecting with it, and we're overusing it, and it makes people
0: feel like they can't. And as a help, result, you know? people
1: right, people are now being attacked for being vulnerable, for showing yeah, it's their like, I, I can't even
0: ask to be right. taught.
1: So and I and if so, if you're afraid, right. So now you're afraid to show that vulnerability, and it's creating you know growing your fear. Yeah, and now that fear is going to start to make seem make people seem more like a potential threat. Because now you don't, like, whereas, I, you know, the general person on the street, if you approach them and have a conversation, if they seem approachable, they're not going to judge you, you know? if or may, Not that anybody approaches people on the street. Let's use a better example. Let's say you're at a party. Okay. Or you're, you're in class or, in, you know, in school on campus somewhere or at a bar, right, and you overhear a conversation or you just strike up a conversation with somebody. And they seem friend- like most people are going to be, you know, friendly and they're not going to judge you. They're going to be open to hearing your points of view and they're going to want to, you know, if they can tell, they can tell where your heart is coming from. Is my point. Yeah. Right. Like, like your fear seems to be like, you know, what's in your heart. You know, you're not racist. You know, you know, you're not homophobic, but there are things that you don't know. Right. And but your intentions are good. But your perception is that there are people who have been canceled whose intentions are good, and they're pretty clearly not racist or homophobic or what have you, but maybe they just weren't informed on certain things. So, and then they got canceled. Like anyway. That
0: actually happens a lot with immigrants. Like, they're not aware that our culture is, like, we we act a certain way. So, although they don't mean, they, they mean well, they right. come off as, like, inappropriate.
1: I mean, there's, a, yeah, I yeah. mean, dude, there's a lot of racism among minority groups like whether it's to other minority groups or even themselves yeah (laughs) you know like it's yeah it's it's a thing but my point is like like can you think of an example where somebody like you specifically you think about your traits and your qualities has been canceled
0: well I'm, i'm pretty small time so no that's
1: not what i'm talking about i'm talking about who you are
0: no i guess not i mean like right so what are you afraid of the chance i guess but yeah. how could that chance be there? Do you you know? Know, like, like, I know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. I, know I, I, exactly, think, what you're I think saying. the
1: other yeah. thing is that like the bigger fear would be, you know, things that used to be acceptable. Yeah. Now becoming unacceptable. Like jokes oh, like that were the, okay to make right. Like, like, like Yeah. Like the word
0: um i Don't don't, don't I, even. But for, like, first <laughs> of all, first of all, hold on, real quick. I we don't have to get into it. I just want to yeah. say I hate when people use words to talk about the word. And then they get, like, yelled at. My friend, Adam's brother, Abraham, who is... Adam and... Hold on. Adam and Abraham? Yeah. What? (sighs) What? (laughs) His name is Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Ibrahim, yeah. Yeah, um, but... Definitely an Egyptian family. He's a... They're Egyptian and Algerian, but he was talking about the N-word, and he's literally African, and then our white friend was like, you can't say that. I'm like, "What what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. I just don't like when people get angry when you're talking about right. the word. But, anyway. again,
1: but again, like that's the whole group attribution error thing, yeah. right? Like don't use small, you know, um you don't use individuals to represent the whole kind of thing. So yeah. like but my point is, you know, I think the bigger fear is, you know, things that used to be acceptable become unacceptable. <coughs> and then you get canceled for the things that you said were accepta- that were acceptable in yeah. those years. Yes. But again, I think that this whole cancel culture thing is, is still finding its footing, right? So there's a lot of overcorrection going on because, and, and again, this is why it comes back to why it's so important to speak about things with nuance and distinction because what's happening is people are going back 12 years, to find, you know, their old YouTube videos and and history and and tweets and whatnot, and they're not making the distinction of time.
0: Yeah, that's shitty, isn't it? It is shitty, right? Because the like, James Gunn had that joke about like a like gay or something. Well,
1: I'm, you know, I'm not gonna like, I don't know, I'm not gonna go into any like. I'm just saying, I'm not like, here to like judge specific instances of that. No, but but, like, yeah, it's stupid, is what right? I'm, yeah, but yeah, but the point is, like, I think that so it's important to remember to make the distinction of time. It's okay. Let's say I went back to your YouTube channel and, mm-hmm. you it's know. It's only been like eight months. <laughs> I don't know how much you're going to find. Right. <laughs> right. Let's say five years from now. Okay. I, I look back on it. Somebody goes back and looks. try to pick something. Honestly. Okay. And, and we find something and it's like, whoa, that's offensive, yeah. right? But hopefully we can get ourselves to a place as a culture where we can look at that and say, it was okay, a time. he said this in 2020. What were the norms of that time? Because you cannot reasonably retroactively apply current standards and norms yeah. to pat to the past. Like you ever watched right? an old Adam Sandler movie? This shit's wild, right? Like you can still acknowledge it was wrong. Yeah, but you can't. Like you can't. You shouldn't be like, well, you know what? This person deserves to be canceled or whatever yeah. for the things they said twelve years ago, because it's like you're removing time out of it. You can't remove time out of it. Like you're not gonna. You're not the same person you were 12 years ago, number one. And what were the norms of that time? You know? Like how, like, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a whole, you know.
0: What a, what a huge conversation we just had, by the way. I know. And it was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Holy shit, man. But I mean, but the thing, but you know, the point is like, how do we even get into this? It's because up until recently, like, I didn't know this stuff, right? Like I was I was of the thinking of, you know, again, like what you're saying about the American dream. If you come here as an immigrant and you work hard, you can elevate yourself from being poor, tired and hungry. And, you know, the 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 promise of America is that you're yes, you're gonna struggle, but the house isn't, you know, out to get you, yes, So to speak. I know what you're saying. And and I was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. That's been kind of reflective of my experience. But then, because of my own journey of trying to learn more and all that, I learned. Wait a minute, but that's not true for everybody. For Black Americans, the house was out to get them. You know, you look at Tulsa, right? You know, Black time. Wall Street. The right. house was out to get them for a long, for a time. very long time. They yeah. were trying and trying to build their wealth and, and because
0: they were political tools, they weren't people. You know, right. That's what it was.
1: Yeah, and and I'm thankful. I'm grateful that you know I've been able to see you know that distinction, and and recognize that yes, for me, you know, as an Egyptian immigrant, the house isn't out to get me, but for a Black American, that 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 you know was not the case. And that's why again, like I hate that term people of color. Like how are you gonna lump us all together like that when we have our own unique struggles? Yeah. Yes, there's overlap for different, sure. Yep. But there's also a lot different of unique. Values, different values, different, right. you know, beliefs. And different obstacles. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's overlap, but there's still a lot of different obstacles as well. But um <laughs> I feel like should I even finish the my the immigration story <laughs> that I was Talking about why not? At this
0: point. I'm like, someone's gonna listen to this. Like, like, I really wish
1: I knew what happened, yeah. After that. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe it. It. just leave them wanting more, yeah, no. yeah. Um, all right, so yeah, so yeah, okay, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> holy shit. wow, what a like, what was that? Like, an hour long, yeah, detour? that was that was like an
0: hour and 15 minute detour, yeah. Oh man, what the hell? That was great though, <laughs> that was great though. Holy shit, man! I oh, loved every man. second of it. And listen, I got more. To, I got more to ask you. Like, so yeah. talk
1: to me about your immigration. Let's all right, go. Let's we'll finish. Right, well, here's the plan. We'll finish that up, and then we'll, we'll try. We'll just to, we'll just change it. We'll shift it. We'll just completely shift it to something more light. All right, or or just about you know. Yeah, no, we'll talk it out. more about you. Okay. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. We'll see. No, I I really do because I I don't know, man. I feel like we haven't even talked about you yet. We just talked about racism as a whole. We didn't talk about <laughs> Bashoy.
0: You didn't even get to finish your first story. I know, Don't I even know. tell me that. It oh really, my
1: gosh! Like I, I feel bad because like I've been trying to get better at not doing that. No, shut the hell up, man. <laughs> this was great because not only, not only, sure, okay, we we got sidetracked,
0: but this is you. The way you talk, you know, you're very articulate. The, the, you know, the way you spoke to me, the way you got into it, that's you. I learned if I never met you before. I know what kind of person you are by the way you spoke about this, and that's fine. So for you to be like, what do you mean you try not to do that anymore? You're great.
1: Well, thank you. No, I mean, because it, it has its time and place. You know, like sometimes, like I, I get into but these monologues. F- and you're right, but fuck that, right,
0: we're want a fucking podcast. We're having fun. Who gives that's a, a good shit? Point. I'm that's not. A good this isn't. This isn't like a, a job interview. It's like, yeah, next time you go like for an interview at like AT and T, you're not gonna talk to them about like. You know the structure <laughs> of American society. Yeah. Obviously not. Yeah. So this was a perfect
1: time to say that. All right, that's that makes me feel better. All right, All right. Um, immigration. Let's go. So, ooh, <sighs> for those of you who are still with us, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you haven't forgotten by now, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> so my dad <laughs> had <laughs> his court case with immigration, right? And even oh. like back then, the system was so slow that. It just kept getting, like, delayed and delayed. So, even though we came to this country in, you know, August 12th, 2001, I don't remember when my dad, like, rep, you know, turned us turned in. Us in yeah. I think it was, like, 2002. It must have been 2002. He didn't have, like, the actual hearing until, like, 2006 or 2007. Maybe even 2008, actually. Something in that realm of time, right? And the ju- the, the lawyer was trash, right? Which is another thing. Like the original thing was about humanizing the issues, right? So like here, I'm I'm going to like list all the things that had to line up for this to work out, but like at the end once I go through the timeline. So the the lawyer was not doing justice to my dad's case and like he was going to lose the case. Um so then my dad asked to speak to the judge on his own behalf. And he was able to thankfully articulate himself well enough that he was able to really like effectively plead his case with the judge. And the judge was also a kind judge. She was a very, again, that's another lucky thing. Um, And she basically said, look, we can't grant you a new visa and we can't give you a green card at this time. However, after everything you said... And, you know, your ability to speak so eloquently and and how organized you are, because my dad pulled up like all the paperwork of all the taxes he paid over the years, you know, that he's an upstanding member of society and all that. Um, the judge said, you know, we can't give you this or that, but we'll let you stay so you're not separated from the rest of your family because nobody's going to come after them here. And they're, you know, we're gonna, they can stay if they want to will allow you to renew your work authorization so that way you can get a better job and you're not struggling as much. And once you've been here for, I think it was like 11 or 14, I don't remember exactly, years from your initial date of entry, you can apply for what's called the cancellation of removal and we'll give it to you. Now again, this is a very lucky thing because the thing about a cancellation of removal, I looked this up recently. It's an exception that can only be made about six th- 6,000 times a year. So you can only do it for like 6,000 cases every year. There, there's a quota. And that's not 6,000.
0: wonder out of how many people that they have to make the decision right. for.
1: And it's not 6,000 cases per judge. It's 6,000 cases yeah. per year for everybody. Yeah. And the requirements are you have to have been here for, Either I don't remember, but it was either 11 or 14 years in this country without any felonies. And you'd have to be able to show that if you were to be removed from this country, it would have an adverse effect on a qualifying U.S. citizen family member. So like a spouse or dependent. Gotcha. In my family's case, my youngest brother was actually born in the U.S. So he was a U.S. citizen and a dependent. Um... But this whole idea, like, you've heard of, like, anchor babies or whatever, mm-hmm. it's bullshit because, like, for that anchor baby thing to work, you'd have to be able to get cancellation of removal. And how are you going to get it what when do your do? odds are...
0: Do they, in that case, would the... I guess it's up to the parent, but would the child stay in America as a, an orphan? would they go back to the, you know, home country? What do you
1: no, I mean, they would go back, like... So they, I guess it's up to the. Can, I mean, the, the problem is the laws keep that? changing too, right? Like, the, like the laws keep changing back and forth between administrations, Republican and Democrat. Right. So, like, that's why I say the anchor baby thing is bullshit because, like, you can't rely on that effectively when the laws keep changing. Number one, and for that exception to be made, you have to be one of the lucky six thousand people that year. Yeah. So, like, nobody, like, nobody's ha- again g- comes back to humanizing the issue. Nobody's having a whole ass life, giving birth to a whole ass life yeah. just to get lucky yeah. with the immigration system. Yeah. Wh- it's the same way people say that, what's "Oh, your, people are having kids to together.
0: America. What's your plan? Getting pregnant?"
1: Yeah, like, you really? You're going to you're going to have a life that you're going to have to sustain for at least 18 years, you're going to create a whole other human yeah. being just so you can get a loophole. That's yeah, not like that's not a good plan. People don't think that way. That is not a good plan. That's not how humans think. I don't think anyone wants a child for that right. reason either. It's the same way they say, oh, you know, the immigrants are coming here and having more kids to get more welfare money. I could see one thing,
0: though, if you're already pregnant, wanting your child to be birthed in America. But I don't think that's the reason why you have a child. Right. That's exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. But th- that's the, <laughs> but it, like I was saying, like it's the same way that like people like to claim, oh, you know, uh, people are coming here and having more kids so they can get more welfare money. It's like, yeah. Do you know why they get more welfare money? Because when you have more kids, it costs more money to raise them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're getting more money. Yeah, but so you're you also to, you spending to, uh, more money to raise. You're spending it on the a, a larger family. It just makes no, like the lack of humanization of the issue just there gets are, comical. Yeah,
0: there are, pe- but then there goes into there are people that will take welfare money and then neglect their children.
1: Right, but, I that's mean, that's, that's
0: not, most of them people aren't like that. Right. It's just that people like that exist at all is is ridiculous. Okay, look. Imm- was that, okay, immigration. <laughs>
1: hey, I started doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, okay, all right. So, the judge said, it was because I was talking about the cancellation of removal. That's how he yeah, to Yeah, okay. cancellation of removal. Yeah, so, um, that's a good, yeah, yeah so, sh- so she told my dad, you know, once you've been here, Oh, so the judge has discretion, right? The thing about that whole, like, the qualifications are you have to be in this country for a certain amount of time. I think it was, like, 11 or 14 years. They might even change it or whatever. Um, No felonies, and your removal would have to have an adverse effect on a qualifying U.S. citizen family member. Now, the judges have discretion with this, so there are people who qualify for it who won't get it, Mm -hmm. and there are people who don't quite qualify for it who can still get it. My dad was in the latter camp because he had, we hadn't been here for 11 or 14 years. We'd only been there for like six or seven or maybe eight at the time. At the time. So, but she said, you know, we'll let you stay. Nobody's going to bother you. You can renew your work authorization and we'll have it on the record that you can apply and you will receive a cancellation of removal. So that was the plan, right? Um, Then in 2011, it actually did start becoming dangerous for my family to, return to Egypt if we had to, because my family's part of the Christian minority. Um, What's up As Coptic Orthodox. I mean, I'm personally not religious anymore. Hopefully my parents... Wait, wait, no, no. no. Why is that? Why, oh, is, why, it why is that? Why was it? Da- yeah, so in around like 2011, I mean, just, just that whole like early 2010s time period, there was a lot of like unrest in Egypt. Like there was the whole, you know, the Arab Spring overthrow of government, all that, but also uh, terrorism. There were churches being attacked and bombed, especially on Christmas and Easter by extremists, right? So at that point, it actually did become dangerous for my family because we were part of a targeted minority, right? So what ended up happening was rather than waiting for my dad to get the cancellation of removal and then get a green card and then sponsor us to get our green cards, we saw that, Because of the stuff happening in Egypt, it would now be appropriate... To do the asylum thing, right? To do the asylum thing, exactly. So my mom, myself, and my younger brother ended up applying for asylum and received it. So then we were able to get our green cards that way, and we finally got our green cards in April of 2012. Wow, Wow. lucky, lucky, lucky. You keep getting... Good for you guys. Right. Hell yeah. Luck, right? Well, I
0: mean, like, not the best of circumstances. However, you guys... Good for you, man. That's yeah, awesome. but
1: so just to recap, right? Think about all the things had, that had to line up for my family to be able to stay here. One, uh, the government had to have that program, you know, that program where they said, "Hey, if you turn yourself in, we'll give you a trial." Two, my dad had to have the sense to not take the lawyer's bad advice to lie and claim asylum seeking. Your dad. Right. And three, not listen to people who had been in this country longer, who said you don't have to pay taxes. Because one of the things that helped my dad's case is
0: that he was a good person, and show yeah. he
1: showed the tax records. He said, "Look, I've been paying yeah. taxes. I've been contributing member of society." Right. Four, my dad had to have had enough knowledge about America and how it works in order to make those decisions, and speak good enough English to be able to make his points Man, and argue dad for his own case. Awesome.
0: What a man. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a
1: good, good um, You know, like, you know, he had to have enough, you know, speak English well enough in order to, like, make the case for himself. Then we had to have a judge who was nice enough to be sympathetic yeah. and give my dad that, you know, exception, right? Then, with everything going on in Egypt, happened at that time, we were then actually able to apply to, like, for asylum. Now, take all that and think about how many immigrant families Don't have that kind of luck. Yeah. Because the thing is, you know, people say, oh, you got to come to America, you got to learn English. First of all, again, humanize the issue. People underestimate one's attachment to their home country. My dad to this day is not interested in becoming a U.S. citizen. To him, Egypt will always be home. That's his country, blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, and I don't blame him, right? If it's he spent the first, 40-something years of his life there. Imagine, you know, you're 23, I'm 26. I've spent the last 19 years, almost 20 years yeah, um, in this country. If I had to go back to Egypt today, I'd be lost. Even though I, I was born there and I lived there until I was 7, I would not feel even remotely at home. Yeah. Right? So people, they, they underestimate one's attachment to their home country. People don't, they often don't come here unless they feel that they need to. And because of that, if you're a refugee from, you know, a non-English speaking country, why would you learn English if you never thought you'd have to come here until you, one day you were forced to,
0: right? Yep. Like why yep.
1: like why would you and I go learn German or Japanese unless we wanted to go there? Unless we planned to go yeah, there you wanted to or go we had we knew that there was a long-term need for us to go there. Right. Yeah. No, I right. didn't just I get it. Right. So again, people forget to humanize the issue and that's the problem. When you humanize it, it becomes a whole different story. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, it breaks my heart that so many immigrant families don't have all those things line up in their favor and that the system is currently in such a state where the best chance you have is basically dumb luck. And not because we have an effective system.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I feel like it's gonna be like that everywhere too. This is how it is. Not that it's a good, good thing, but
1: it's sad, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, but um, you know, you grow up thinking that we figure like when you're a kid, you're like, oh yeah, my parents know exactly what they're doing. No, they don't. Yeah. They know what they're doing, and the same thing goes for government. They don't know right. what they're doing. They're they're figuring it out yeah. as they go along. No one's done before, so yeah. But look, all right, so let's. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Hello, everyone. Pardon for the interruption, but I had to cut a piece of this show out for review. The rest of the show will go on, and the context won't be skewed. You're still going to understand everything that's happening, but I had to cut this piece out. If you want to find out what I cut out, just stay tuned in the future. We may talk about it later on. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of the show. I'm sorry for the interruption, and keep it going. I got to say something. We, first of all, I've got to have you back on, because there's so, so much we, we like, didn't get to. I know. So much. Stop looking at it. Stop looking no, at No, I it.
1: mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying
0: to, I'm yeah, like, Dude, was this get, really two hours? Get the hell out of here. I mean, listen, man,
1: I got, like, again, I don't know if, like, for content's sake or what. Let well, you okay,
0: me. so here's the thing. Let me, like, okay, so we'll talk about things no one asked to talk about. Um, I don't care how long a podcast is. Okay. I don't. The longer it is, though, the less likely someone's going to make it to the end. That's true. It's you, and usually it's lucky if you if someone makes it ten to twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, but I'm not really doing this for other people as much as I'm doing it for the person that's sitting in front of me. Right. Um, but then also, because I know there's so much more things that you can talk about, so much more things, so many more questions I have, I'd like for someone to listen to it, and. They're more likely to l- listen to it in another episode when the episode's shorter. That makes sense. But um, but like we, there was so much like, and we had such a great conversation before before we went on air. I know that and, was the com- like, and we talked. That, like, that was the that was the comment. Like, yeah, we, like we talked about you know philosophies of like emotions and like we talked about like um like
1: mental fulfillment he- you know, fulfillment mental and like health. it's it was oh.
0: beautiful. It was great. Um, and what we talked about here was. Although it wasn't that, it was very educational deep, and it, we, yeah. we we made some, you know, we, we it was awesome. It was great. You know what
1: we can do? What? We could keep talking, but then just save it as, like, a part two and upload it separately. We can. Do you? Because I, I want to hear more about you, because I, I genuinely don't even feel comfortable that I talked about myself But this like long. But, like, I'm not, because <laughs> before we started. <laughs> or did no. the talking for this long. Because
0: <laughs> that's the point. You're he, I'm, I know, you're here I know. For, it, I'm here for you. You're here. You should be here for you. I wanted to ask... Because you said you are like, a theory about aliens that I wanted, I wanted to ask oh you since God. we started this. <laughs> I wanted to ask you so bad. And I know we're we're a little... O- we're getting to over two hours. But I honestly don't care. And, fuck, I've listened to five-hour podcasts. It took me, like, seven days to get through the whole thing. Yeah. I don't care. And I will have you back. And when you come back, there's going to be more for you to say. When you come back, there's going to be different things for you to say. So I'm okay with it. Right. Let's fucking do it. I mean, like, I think I, have, I could upload 220... Like, whatever the point. I mean, like I said, you can fine. also
1: just do it like a, as a two-parter, right? I like can. Upload, you're right. You know, like I just
0: kind of, I kind of want to stay away from that, though. Yeah, I feel that. I put my airplane went on. Tell me the alien thing real quick, and then w- then we'll see what happens. I don't know if it's. A, I don't know if it can be a real quick thing, honestly. Oh jeez. All right. Oh man. Then come back. Come back next week. I'll have two episodes uh, next week. <laughs> I have to see and see. Like, do you want? It? Let's wait. Let's save it then. Wanna save it? I'm okay with saving it. Bro,
1: I what, could go either way. I got kinda, I'm excited to tell it, but like I can I can go either way. Here's here's
0: the thing. We we're already in, in the podcast. Do you think you're gonna be as, as excited next time?
1: Or should we just do it now? You know what? Let's do this. Like I said, let let's just do it now. Okay. Since I'm here. And God knows with our awful luck when we'll be able to do this again. Yeah. It took, oh, it's been so bad. It took five weeks to even yeah, make this happen.
0: Well, it's taken like eight weeks because right. when I asked you to the point of when I actually you yeah. was able,
1: yeah. Yeah. All right, you know, let's just do it and then whether or not you cut it is up to you. Or, I'm not going to cut it. or I, Whatever it. we say on this is not being cut. Okay, or save it as like a bonus thing or something. I don't know. All right. But, okay. Here's my theory on aliens. <laughs> oh, man. I sure you don't want to go back to
0: the structure society? Yeah. <laughs> God, God I should God.
1: say it's really a hypothesis on on aliens because I don't know what the hell I'm talking Theory, about. Theory, right? right? Yeah. So are you familiar with um Wow, I totally just blanked out. Are you familiar with the uh f- uh the Fermi paradox? No. So the Fermi Excuse paradox me. is the idea that if mathematically speaking, life should be abundant throughout the universe. Okay. Where is everybody? Yeah, yeah. That, isn't right? that, that's not a famous line from... Yeah, the that's the Fermi Paradox. Yeah, oh, is that? Okay. Yeah. And there's a few proposed solutions to the Fermi Paradox. There's the zoo hypothesis, which is that aliens are aware of our presence but are not...
0: Yep, know where you're going with Right, they're not okay. fucking with us
1: because they either want to observe us from afar like an uncontacted tribe, or they're just not interested in us because we don't have anything interesting to offer them, right? Yes. In terms of knowledge or resources. Other hi- the other another proposed solution is the great filter. The They're great filter dead. is this idea that life does pop up all the time throughout the universe but there's some kind of obstacle that gets in the way before it is able to flourish and advance enough to become detectable to us, right? Yes. So my idea kind of takes those two solutions blends them together and applies some like anthropology to it okay or even like sociology so do you know about the Kardashev scale no I don't the Kardashev scale is like you might have heard type zero type one type two type three civilizations and it's based okay yes right
0: it I've t- I've taken sociology and anthropology. Yeah.
1: So so for those who don't know, um, basically, it classifies different advanced civilizations based on their ability to harness energy. So a type one civilization can harness like all the energy on its planet or its sun. I don't remember. Type two is all the energy in its solar system. Type three is it can harness all the energy in its galaxies. Something something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head. But the point is. Um there's different levels of advancement to each you know to to civilization that would and that would, and somewhere in that is the ability to uh, achieve interstellar travel right okay so now here's where it gets interesting my idea is that using earth and humans as the example cuz it's 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 flawed to do that. This isn't really like a scientific hypothesis or anything, but using that as our sample, because it's the only sample we have. Um, let's say, let's propose that all intelligent life or most intelligent life as a general rule of thumb have the same like inherent tendencies. So tendency towards survival and tendency towards self-destruction, right? And the con- consummation of resources. So it then becomes a race of can you advance faster than you can consume then you can consume and then you can self-destruct okay because you know like it's like a petri dish like even in yeah. a freudian level right like, like like Freud talks about the thanatos like it's is the human desire the brain's desire to des- for destruction and to destroy itself right so and you can see that, right? That's self-evident. Like, you, we look at what we're doing to well, the planet. Well, did you
0: ever hear the Petri dish analogy? No. It's how? That. You know what a Petri dish is? Yes. Okay, so it's like if you put, like, um some kind of, I don't know, cell or whatever in a Petri dish, and over time it cultures and it grows, um, that organism, that bacteria in there, they just want to, you know, get bigger. They want more. They want more. Right. They don't realize as soon as they hit the edge of the Petri dish is that, they're done. They're, right. They got no more. And that's like humans. It's like, we want more, we want more, right. we want more. But our planet's only so big. Right. And so that's what you're trying... Yeah. Which
1: is why I think, like, if we can see that in bacteria and in humans, yeah, that odds are, that's, that's just a... It's a universal rule, right? So, it becomes a race of, like I said, can this species advance faster than it can destroy or consume? Yes. Okay. And at the rate we're going... It's no. not looking very good from the <laughs> No. Us, right? You look at war, climate change, inequality, like all that stuff. Yeah, right? human problems. We are on Stupid. a path to self-destruction before we could advance enough to be even become detectable to other alien species. Yep, right? So, let's assume that that's the great filter. That the great filter is that intelligent species- Destroy themselves. Destroy themselves by either- well, That's what Einstein was saying. Right. Cons- oh, did he really? Yeah. He, he said that,
0: more or less, he was saying by the time they learned about E equals MC squared, they've probably killed themselves. <laughs> um, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, because wow. it's it's about like, uh, and they talk about like, you know, nuclear technology and like yeah. atom bombs and stuff. Like by the time they've learned it, they're probably dead. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Cool, right? Huh. Continue. I mean, thanks <laughs> Einstein. <Yeah. laughs>
1: um that's really cool. I I really didn't know that. Um so, yeah, let's say that as a universal rule, all intelligent species have to battle that ra- like have to run that race of expanding and advancing faster than they can destroy and consume. Yep. Right based on the fact that we are not <laughs> looking like we're going to succeed in, succeed in doing that ourselves at this rate at this right, rate at this rate then you start to think about okay well how do we address that right so in order for humans as a species to not lose that race we would have to cooperate on a global scale right We'd have to essentially not not necessarily world peace, but we'd have to achieve global cooperation. Okay, right. You might, yeah. I think you might know where I'm going to. So, by that logic, any again, there could be. I'm sure there are exceptions to this, but as a general rule of thumb, any species that has managed to survive long enough to advance far enough. To be able to achieve interstellar travel and or become detectable to other species would have to have first achieved that global cooperation. Yes, and therefore they would have to transcend their base their baser their, instincts yep. of greed, war, you know, and apathy. And al- to, yeah, right. So therefore, as a rule of thumb any species that is able to reach out far enough and become interstellar or big enough to be detectable would have to be peaceful by design. Because the only way for them to be able to survive that long, to advance that far, they'd have to have become peaceful. I I totally agree with you. Right? Global cooperation.
0: Now. Okay. By the way, okay, questions? Mike's picking it up.
1: Oh, sorry. Okay.
0: Questions so far? no because i don't want to say anything cuz i feel like i might take it away from you cuz i still feel like we're on the same page so you can you finish and i'll tell you if okay. i if i was
1: different now this is where i like to say my my hypothesis stops cuz it's it stays pretty sane at this point right okay. it's pretty tame like nothing really disagreeable about it other than the fact that you know i'm using humans as the example yes which is a really small sample size to yeah, use yeah but it's 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 reasonable okay now, oh, you got? if global cooperation is the key, I know, I know what you're doing. What am I doing? I, I don't want to say that. No, no, no. Go
0: for it. I'll write it down. I'll show you. Okay, do it. <laughs> All right, hold
1: on. You, you, you keep. Okay, talking. If global cooperation I'll is the key, how do you achieve global cooperation? I don't want to say because I think I know
0: what you're talking about. Uh, actually, just show me real okay, quick. Okay, can I tell you what I think you're going to say? Yeah, just say it. My theory, which isn't mine alone, which is others, is that, and it's the reason why there's so much secrecy, is because when it comes time for the world to become better, when it comes time for us to need to expand, our governments are going ha- to make us feel like we need them again. And they're going to use alien technology, use our own technology, things that we that are secretive and almost attack us, almost make us feel like, Oh my gosh, something's coming. We need our government again. And we put all our faith into the government and we feel like all oh, the aliens are real. We got to forget all of our differences and come together. And that's how yeah, we, I think you
1: just quoted uh Reagan or something. Who was it that said that?
0: I don't know. I'm, I don't have Reagan in mind.
1: He said something about like, Oh, if- when, uh,
0: I know what you're talking about. I, yeah. I know what you're talking about.
1: But that's actually not where I was going Oh, my God. But where that's really going? interesting you said that. Okay. So, like I said, normally this is where my hypothesis stops. and that's And this is the part that I'm actually like, you know what? Okay. I actually would stand behind this. Okay. And I just need to make sure I make it very clear. Everything I say after this point is just me having fun with it. And I don't actually believe this. Okay. It's just more of a thought experiment. Okay, Let's, go. Let's do it. So how do you achieve global cooperation? Or large-scale cooperation? Or... Um, I like to call it ultimate cooperation. Fear or loyalty? No. No, what is I'll it? Tell you how. Okay. Oh, jeez. Religion. Okay. Because his... Like, the thing that's always been interesting to me about religion... But that's also fear and loyalty, though. Which religion is very good at provoking. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. But, like... To me, religion has always been fascinating because, from a non-spiritual perspective, it actually has served a practical evolutionary purpose, which is that, like prior to, like the large-scale civilizations and societies that we have today, humans operated in hunter-gatherer tribes of up to like 150 people. Okay, right, which is the also the reason why the human brain can only really maintain up to 150. Like yes, fa- faces and actions Connections, right. Anything after that is just, right? Yeah. Now, what part of what allowed uh, us to evolve and advance past hunter-gatherer tribes, other than agriculture, is... Um, Psychedelics. Right, spirituality, mm-hmm. a.k.a. religion. Yes. Religious ideas. Because what that did is it served as a signal that, hey, even though you're not part of the 150 people that I know and can trust, I know that you follow the same code and set of beliefs yeah, that I do. there's something going on here. So now we can cooperate. So now we can have a larger group of people than 150. And when you have large enough groups like that, you can do what's called role specialization. So now... Why am I talking like I went to college? (laughs) 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 That'll be for another episode. Um, (laughs) So role specialization would be like, okay, this person's going to be dedicated to the task of farming. This person's going to be dedicated to the task of hunting. This person's going to be dedicated to the task of blacksmithing jobs. Job is really what, it's a fancy way of saying jobs. Yes. Okay. So. Can I say uh, something real quick? Yeah.
0: You're like the Duncan Trussell to my Joe Rogan.
1: <laughs> oh God, I don't know. Because like, I don't know if it has be like compared has, to that.
0: No, but he has like five ever episodes with him, yeah. and like this, this, this is what they do. It's True. so funny. True. Continue. Yeah. Continue. Um,
1: <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah. So, role specialization is what allowed society to advance, right? So, if you think about it, like let's say human language is is a technology because it, it is an invention. That allowed us to do things that we couldn't do before. Let's say religion is also a technology, right? Okay. Because it's also, in a way, a creation invention that allowed us to do something we couldn't before. Yes. That achieved that higher level of cooperation that was kind of impossible before, right? Yes. So, if religion is a technology, or re- or the or the idea of re- religious, like of spirituality and religious. You know, concepts are a technology that means it could be passed down, right? Okay. So where did spirituality and religious concepts come from? It could be what if it was given to us by another intelligent species. Mm -hmm. And why would they do this, you ask? Well, again, if they had already achieved ultimate cooperation and were peaceful by nature then they'd only have one real goal in mind it would be to continue to perpetuate the existence of life throughout the universe not even necessarily just their own it just goes back to that whole idea of expansion right that that primal need for expansion so if they're now peaceful they're their only mandate is going to be we need to ensure this continued survival of life throughout the universe. How do we do that? We, by either, by A, spreading life ourselves, and B, when we find life, teach it the tools, the technologies that we used in order to survive and overcome the great filter of our own need for destruction and consumption. So, we're going to find these, the species and we're going to teach it about the idea of spirituality and religious concepts so that they can work towards ultimate cooperation and, you know, hopefully achieve that requirement. And if you think about it, that idea meshes really well with everything we know about religion, whether it's like the fact that all these different religions all over the world seem to all have the same stories in different forms and all have the same like overall theme of, do unto others as you would have done to yourself. Like religion in its purest form is all about cooperation. And it also has a lot of weird symbolism to like angels and otherworldly creatures and, you know, images of flying craft and things like that, right?
0: Yeah, 100. Absolutely. So,
1: so what if God is really just a stand in for an a- a- well, yeah. alien?
0: That's not what you. S- the, everything you just said is your own, but the idea that aliens and God are synonymous—that's not new. But well, what, yeah. but but the way you're explaining it is is easily digestible. Right. I do like that theory. Something I wanted to say, real quick. Um, we are we are coming towards the end. Yeah. Um, there was this religious text. I gotta find a few. I don't remember what it's called, but this historian was a. Uh, he spent his entire life, you know, learning about the language, learning about the culture, so we could read this religious text that was, like, in scrolls, so we could, like, understand it. And it would talk about how, like, the gods um, would make their, p- make people, like, get, find gold, find a whole bunch of gold, because they needed to take, the gods needed to take the gold and use the gold for the, for the, the heavens. Yeah. Um, to create, like, an atmosphere of gold around their heavens. Um, and people say, well, why do humans love gold so much? And people say, well, because, okay, aliens came down. They needed gold. And I'm going to get to you why they need gold in a second. They needed gold. So they engineered humans to look for gold, and they would mine gold. And gold's worthless, honestly. All it's used for is, like, technology. Like uh, it's a decent conductor. It, that's about that's, it. that's really all it's good yeah. for. So imagine engineering humans to... Love gold so much. They always looked for it, and they gave it to the aliens. Why would the aliens need it? Well, it's actually something hu- humans today are trying to figure out is that because of global warming, one way to stop the, um, or not stop global warming, but stop like harmful rays from coming in is to literally take gold particles and spread oh. them around oh. our atmosphere to make kind of a blanket so it reflects like on fucking uh like, you know, lunar right. uh machines so it protects humans from uh, the harmful race. It would make sense that aliens would need gold for the same thing, and it's why humans love gold so much because we were engineered to look for it. Weird, right? And that's why yeah. it's in the religious text, right. about how they needed gold, the the gods needed gold.
1: I mean, if if you were going to go by the Judeo-Christian, so, yeah. you know, belief, humans were made in God's image, mm-hmm. right? So like and even beyond like the jo christian belief like there's a lot of like even like like whether it's like Native Americans and forgive me if I'm wrong about this, but I know like one in one of the American Americas and one of their relig- like spiritual beliefs like it ta- it all it, you like it's a common theme that like humanity was born out of a god basically yes, or that god create like God was the one responsible for the creation of humans, so it's also possible like we kind of take the two ideas and put them together and say that humanity was created by this intelligent species that this peaceful intelligent species that had achieved ultimate global cooperation and then tried to teach us those beliefs in order so that we can yeah continue to and propagate I and and I, I,
0: I still like believe in like heaven and stuff too but then we get into like dimensions well what like, is heaven right That's what I'm saying well I'm
1: like we talk about like
0: you know Different dimensional beings and like the uh, like how Einstein will also talk about like there's like eleven dimensions right. and like the and like how we live in the third dimension and that we can prove I don't know how we can. I like I'm but we can't there we can prove there's a fourth dimension, but we can't see fourth dimensional beings where they can see us and like maybe that's where heaven is because our soul, our energy right is only, you know, usable in the fourth dimension and right now we're in a meat sock pocket right. that's usable
1: in the third Fucking weird. Well, actually, can I add a final thought? Okay, oh, final thought. Final uh, thought. Yeah, okay. So, um, another common theme throughout like all these religions that we know of in our world is the idea of like reaching an afterlife, yes, or breaking a cycle or achieving a higher state. Getting the right? chills. Going I... to the heavens, yes. right? Like, so what if that was like this? this idea of religious concepts was given to us by an intelligent civilization. And basically the idea was, hey, y'all should really cooperate. And then the why, the motivator was, so you can break the cycle. Well, what cycle? The cycle of succumbing to the great filter. Or so you can reach the heavens. So you can, you know, reach the afterlife, which is, or I'm sorry, eternal life, which is not eternal life for the individual, but rather... Eternal life for the species.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure, everybody. That's <laughs> right. I got. I can. I can dig that, man. I get it. Crazy stuff. Hey, we. This was a great, great episode. Yeah, this is a great you episode. Think, you, you
1: don't think it was too much? Not at all. Not I at all, know, man.
0: I loved every second of it. goddammit. it, <laughs> this was great. And we have so much more to talk about. So next episode, man, like next time I have you on, and I got to have you on again because this is great. We talk, we scra- just scratched the surface of everything that we were, like, we were going to yeah. go over. Yeah, Seriously, I'm so happy you were here. Honestly, I really am. Me too. I'm, happy I'm happy really to, glad I'm, I'm, we did this. I'm happy you were able to come here. I'm definitely going to have you on again. Um, that's it. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> Keep looking. <at> me. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody.